Welcome to Shelf Logic, the official podcast of the Maricopa County Library District. Hey everybody, it's Lindsay from Perry Library and Michael from Perry Library, and we have another awesome discussion about what we have in our collection today. That is correct. Welcome to everybody who is joining us today. Today we're going to talk about one of my favorite topics, which is Hallmark Channel series and movies. And I don't know that Michael can say that he agrees with me on that. Well, I agree that that might be one of your favorite topics, so we can agree on that much. Yes. So we're going to start with the TV drama series, Wind Calls the Heart, and then TV movie series, Aurora Tea Garden Mysteries. So just a little background, the Hallmark Channel started in 2001, and then it added a second channel called Movies and Mysteries in 2004, and they have yet a third channel called Hallmark Drama. So it's a pretty big collection of shows that they have. I mean, we certainly have a lot of library items related to Hallmark. Yes. At least in our DVD, you know, and TV Mm -hmm. series section. That's true. Today we're going to be discussing these shows, and they are all derived from books that we have had or currently have in our collection. The series When Calls the Heart is from Jeanette Oak's historical Christian series called Canadian West. And then we're going to discuss the Aurora Tea Garden Mysteries, which is from Charlene Harris's books that feature her as Aurora Tea Garden. Right. So... So you said we're going to start with Wind Calls the Heart? Yes. We're starting with Wind Calls the Heart, and Maricopa County Library District owns all seasons on DVD. So we have seasons one through seven. So as I mentioned earlier, this series is from Jeanette Oak's books called the Canadian West series. And Jeanette Oak is a prolific Christian fiction writer. She's written several other series called Love Comes Softly, When Hope Calls, and Song of Acadia. So if you are a fan of her, you already know that she has all of these books out. Have you read any of those before? Or you just know of her work because she's so prolific? I have, as a teen, I read Love Comes Softly and When Hope Calls. Okay, so she's been around a while. Yes, like these... I not that, not, not calling you old or anything. <laughs> I think these books came out in the 80s. Okay. Yeah. Um, at least Love Comes Softly came out in the 80s. Okay. I remember buying it at our local grocery store. You know how they have those little spinning racks oh, yeah. for paperbacks? That's where I got my first book. So. Wow. Yes. And also, there's a pretty big fan base for When Calls the Heart. They have their own little name. They're called Hardy's. Um, oh, wow. That's... <laughs> I'm I... not going to say anything because there's probably Hardy's listening right now, and I, I don't want <laughs> the hate mail that we would get. Oh, I'm not, I'm not going to mess with the Hardy's. Yes, so there's Hardy's out there. And then the show airs both in America and Canada, which is kind of interesting, I think. Yeah, so, I mean, it's filmed in Canada, right? Yes, like almost everything Hallmark is filmed in okay. Canada. Yeah. yeah, there's just like they all, the most of it's like in Vancouver, surrounding area. Right, so filmed in Canada, set in Canada. Yes. Okay. Yeah. 
the Windcall Sahar is like inspired by the 1900s. I think it does its best to be authentic, but like they don't show the nitty gritty of like the toilet and how to wash dishes and lack of running water. Like they don't get into that. They just show like the little houses and. You know, going into it and not knowing very much when I was watching my first episode, I wasn't. Sure, because it definitely feels like it's in an older time period, but there is, like, some kind of modern flair to it. And so it took me maybe 20 minutes to be like, okay, they're setting this 100 years in the past, probably, but they're not really going to make it too grimy it's uh yes. there's like a stylized it's a stylized yes past. it's like you don't see them washing their clothes right. and you don't see like back then no one would have had 20 different dresses to choose from you know what everybody's I mean? very well put together yes. they all look great so uh, you just kind of like give it to them and you realize this is just what it is yes. you know and you kind of have to make peace with that I do appreciate that through the seasons, they show the invention of, like, the automobile and the telephone. And then they also find oil in their town or outside their town, so that... And it's a coal mining town, though, right? It is a coal mining town, so we'll get more into that, too. But it's just interesting to see when they find the oil, how how that impacts the community, both good and bad. So I appreciate that they bring sort of those bigger issues into the series. Okay. And also, it was developed by Michael Landon Jr. I saw that. Yeah, his father passed away, like, when I was really young, I think. Yeah. I don't know when he passed away, actually. I just know he's Little House in the Prairie. Yeah, Little House in the Prairie. Like, that's just synonymous. Right. So, it's kind of cool that his son is doing, like, an updated version of Little House in the Prairie. I mean, it certainly has that feel. Yes. Yeah. And the overall theme is, like... I think it's just focused on community and, like, making a new family. You know, Mm -hmm. it's like you have to rely so heavily on your friends and your neighbors in this little town. Because uh, the main character, Elizabeth, comes into town from, like, a completely different background. And she's trying to get integrated into uh, this kind of rural rural lifestyle. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And then each season has, like, 8 to 12 episodes. So it's not, like, a massive time commitment, If you wanted to binge it one season a weekend, like, that would be totally doable. It's, like, eight hours, ten hours of TV, so. How long is it? An episode's, like, an hour? Yes, an hour, yep. They do have some Christmas specials that are two hours long. I know. Wow. Those are my favorite. Treat yourself. I mean, wow. (laughs) So, season one, we have Elizabeth Thatcher. She's a school teacher, and she moves to Coal Valley, It's this little tiny town in the West, and she's leaving behind her very wealthy and powerful family in the city. So this is a big change for her. At the same time, the coal mine in Coal Valley explodes. Right. And basically, the majority of the men pass away because they were working in the mines. So the women are left to rear the children continue working in the mind and make life work. So that's kind of like setting the tone for what this show is going to be. Yeah. 
Abigail Stanton, played by Lori Laughlin, is one of the main characters. So Elizabeth comes into town. She's this, like, sort of hoity-toity woman. And here are all these women who are working in the coal mine. And it's like, how is that going to mix, Mm -hmm. right? And they don't really trust her to teach their children. There's, like, a lot of, like, curiosity as if she's tough enough, you know? Yeah. So Abigail is one of the only women who's receptive to her. She opens up her home and she offers room and board to Elizabeth and then throughout the season they just become really good friends. Okay. It's Elizabeth and Abigail who are like the main women in, in the town. Yes, in yeah. season one. There's also Canadian Mountie Jack. Yeah, I was gonna say, are we gonna get to the <laughs> the hot Mountie or yes. what? I mean, so, come on, huh? uh, Canadian Mountie Jack or Mountie Jack, he is there because he Thinks he's been sent by Elizabeth's powerful father to keep an eye on her. So, like, they bicker and, like, there's this quarreling sort of vibe. Tension between those two. Yes. So, those are kind of like the key players. What I appreciate is that every once in a while there'll be an issue with one of the students, and you kind of, it brings into the story like societal issues or family dynamics that aren't really on the screen at other times. Okay. Whether it's like the child being hungry or not enough money to pay the bills or the mom and dad fighting or a runaway or something like that. So the kids can play those roles that are being taught by Elizabeth. It's very family friendly and you don't like, you don't need to use like a huge part of your brain to like figure out what's going to happen because you kind of know. Right. And it's just sort of comforting. To me, it's like a warm blankie. Like you just sometimes want to put on one of their shows and like chill out, you know? Yeah. I I think it's certainly good for anybody who maybe I would say has like more traditional values. Who doesn't want extreme violence or like extreme ideas in their movies or TV shows. This is an easy way for them just to have some entertainment without, you know, having to worry about what's going to come onto the screen next. Exactly. Now, is season seven out on DVD yet? Do we have those? I believe we have season seven, yeah. Some of them at least? Yes. Okay. Yeah, I'm pretty sure because I looked, I did my research in the catalog, so we should have them. I did not do my research in the catalog. (laughs) It's going to be interesting now for season eight to see where the audience goes and where their writers go. Is the show still as popular as it was when I it first? I think it's even more popular. Okay. Do you want to talk about the Aurora Tea Garden I mysteries? I do. Yes. Yes. <laughs> A library connection in these ones, so we have to talk about it, right? That's why one of the reasons I love it. So the Aurora Tea Garden movie series, we're going to talk about three of them. Okay. So we have them all on DVD, ebook, and book. Okay, so we have the original source material in the book form. But we also have most of the show on DVD. Yes, yes. Or the the films, I guess I should say. So we're going to talk about Real Murders. Three Bedrooms, One Corpse, and Bone to Pick. Okay. Okay? And these shows have fans in the U.S., the U.K., and Canada. So it's a pretty big fan base that they have going. So... No surprises there. With Cameron... uh, (laughs) Candace Cameron. Candace Cameron. Yeah. Yes. So the author of these books, her name is Charlene Harris, and she's 
really well known as a mystery writer, and she wrote Southern Vampire Mysteries, which was what True Blood was. Oh, True Blood. Yes, so she's like spans True Blood and Aurora Tea Garden. That's quite the, that's quite the range right there. <laughs> exactly. Okay. She's written 11 Aurora Tea Garden Mysteries spanning 1990 to 2017. So there's, more, there's more movies than there are books right now. They're at 14 of the movies. The character is just too popular. They can't wait for the author to write any more books. <laughs> okay, so Aurora T. Gordon, or Roe, as yeah, she's known, is a librarian at Lawrenceton Public Library in Washington State. And she also runs the Real Murders Club that meets monthly to say yes her and all her uh, cohorts in the uh, true crime like fandom exactly yeah <laughs> her mom is played by Mary Lou Hinner and her name is Aida as a fan of the show I see on Instagram that when they're filming Candace and Mary Lou share a house together and oh, yeah? so like they are roommates and they just have like this great relationship off camera as like mother and daughter which goes easily to them playing that on camera I think they do a really good job of that the mom seems strict to me and uh she is yeah <laughs> but Hey, you know, whatever works. Yeah, she's she does a good job. There's also Sally, who is her best friend and a reporter yeah, and Sally. a member of the Real Murders Club. Yes, I kind of like Sally. Yeah, I like Sally a lot, too. She's Why do fun. you like Sally? Because <laughs> she's, like, supportive, but, like, a little... I don't know. She's just, like, a sidekick, I guess. Oh, yeah. So. That's what I meant, too. <laughs> My husband really likes Sally, so yeah. I was asking him which one is his favorite. He was like, Sally. Guys out there probably like Sally. Yes. So there's also Lynn Smith, which is, she's the detective in the homicide division. Oh, they, they got beef a little bit. Not beef, but there's a rivalry. It's like annoyance. It's like, yeah, you, Aurora's already like one step ahead. It yeah. feels like, and so there's like, stop doing my work for me. You're annoying me, and just like let me do my job. Right. Then there's Arthur Smith, who ends up being Lynn's spouse, and he's the uh, detective in the burglary division. So the two of them, and the other thing is Aurora dated Arthur before he got married. So there's like this friendship. He had a uh, chemistry. Yeah, like. Yes, exactly. And then Lillian is the head librarian of the public library. <laughs> <laughs> she does a great job. Yes, I, think. The, I mean, she definitely the snooty, kind of uptight librarian yes. stereotype. Yes, uh, that we're trying not to be. Right. right. She does a good job of doing that. Yes. I personally, I love that Aurora is a librarian. I think it's fun to like see your chosen career field played out on the movies, and and it at least somewhat makes sense in the like because she even talks about that she has a master's degree in like obtaining information essentially. Yes, and so like that's kind of how she's like this like amateur sleuth is that. She's really good at piecing together information, like finding information and then piecing that information together. Yes. What kills me, though, is how they, like, show her job because she just, like, flits in and out, you know, like, hey, I'm going to work 15 (laughs) minutes and then be gone for five hours. And I'm like, 
That's not how it works. It's no. a librarian at a public I library. just assumed that she was off the clock or something like that because I would agree that uh, her experience does not look anything like the normal day yes. at our library. Yes. It's just funny to see. And I just, I appreciate that she's a librarian. Yeah. So. <laughs> She's always, like, one step ahead of everybody, and she tries to, like, steer the police into the right way, and it's like if they are willing, they'll listen to her, but sometimes they, like, butt heads and refuse to see, you know, see what she's seen. Yeah. So, okay, so The Real Murders, this is, like, the first movie in the series, Mm -hmm. and... So we're introduced to Aurora as a librarian. We're introduced to her mom and to the detectives. And one of the members of the Real Murders Club is found dead. So that's why it's called Real Murders, because one of their own is like... They dead. named the club after one of their own being killed? <laughs> no, no, no. I'm sorry. The other way... The book is called Real Murders because it's like one of the Real oh, Murders Club. Okay. Yes. And the victim is killed... In a manner that resembles the way that the crime they were discussing happened. So it's like a copycat killing. Kind so they of? think it probably came from the inside? Possibly, yes. Oh, okay. Yes. That's what I would think. Working at a library, as you know, kind of a detective myself, of course, because yes. we work at libraries. So yes. I would think look inside the club first. Okay. And Aurora is actually one of the suspects. So but you can't put her aside, you know, even though it would make no sense for a Hallmark movie to have that, but. She would be a <laughs> big-time suspect. So it's just her, like, helping the chase to find the killer, all while being a suspect, and hopefully not the next victim either. Right. So, I don't know. It was a pretty good movie. It was a good way to introduce the characters, I thought. Nice. So the next one is A Bone to Pick. And this one is interesting. It seems like Aurora gets lots of wonderful things in her life. So her friend left her entire estate to Aurora. (laughs) Whoa. I need those kind of friends. Exactly. I'm like, I never have anyone leave me something. No. And she also left behind, like, a traveling murder mystery that's bothering the neighbors. So the the friend didn't turn that into the police first or something? No. Of course not. So Aurora, she found a skull in the house that she received. A skull. And so she's trying to piece together like where's the rest of the body and she's like dealing with all of the suspicions of the neighbors and she doesn't want to be the next victim. And so it's, again, her solving this mystery and, like, trying to find out where this skull came from. Sure. And poor Lynn, as the detective, she just is, like, Aurora's just a nuisance. Like, just leave me alone and yeah. let me do my job and stop. And then Sally, the reporter, is in there, like, trying to dig and find information from the cops to help Aurora with her investigation. So it's just kind of cute. Lynn should start going to the library and checking people out. Oh, how does it feel when somebody else is doing your job for you? Exactly. And then the final one we're going to talk about is Three Bedrooms, One Corpse. You know what's ridiculous about this? The title on the DVD said Tree Bedrooms, One Corpse, but even uh, better... Was uh, it cataloged correctly, though? Yes. Okay. There's actually two corpses in this. I'm not going to give any spoilers. Okay. But it should be Three Bedrooms, Two Corpses. Uh, 
I digress. So go go, go on. <laughs> this is where so Aurora's helping her mom, who's a realtor, and so she's like showing houses to this new businessman. Mm-hmm. And they stumble upon a body, I think, in the backyard. Yeah, of the it's house. in the backyard. And then they find another body in another house. Yeah, they do. <laughs> so you kind of start to see a dynamic forming between Aurora and the new businessman. Now, is there a love interest in every one of these? It's interesting. Her love interests have changed over time. She was with. Martin, who's this businessman, mm-hmm. I think for two or three movies. Oh, okay. And then he is written out. And then, you know, I think she's potentially on her second or third main character lead. I was thinking she had maybe a James Bond thing going on where there was always uh, a new one every yeah, a rogue guy <laughs> that would come in for no, each. Okay. She, like she somehow ends up with someone each time, but it's like usually the same for a couple. Okay. Yeah. And so she starts to develop, like, this romantic attachment to this guy. But, like, is he the actual murderer? Like, Could it be him? Yes. So it's a fun story. So that is my Hallmark 101. Ooh. Yes. Those are the two we're going to go to? Yes. So all of these shows slash movies are available in our catalog on DVD. Some of them are also originally from books, which we also have in our collection. And I would just encourage you to check them out and take some time to unwind for yourself and watch a fun Cozy. Cozy show. That's right. Yes. That's what we do here. We bring you the coziest of uh, shows. Yes. Thank you so much for listening to us. And this is Lindsay. And Michael. Signing off. Take care. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to Shelf Logic. Make sure to hit subscribe and share this podcast with your friends. Follow us on social media where we are at MCLDAZ. 